In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. I'd first like to begin by offering my condolences to Roy's beloved wife, Teresa. To his children, Maria, Reeve, and Andrea, to his beautiful grandchildren, as well as to his entire family. I would also like to thank each of you for coming here today, for coming to pray with the family, for coming to pray for the family, and above all, for coming to pray for the repose of the soul of Roy, that he might be brought quickly to heaven if he is not already there. We come together today as a family, a family united by our love for Roy, but also united in our sorrow. We come with tears in our eyes, but we come also, I hope, with a clearer vision of this world in which we live. For it seems to me that Roy's death and the tragic events surrounding it should help peel away some of the superficial and empty layers of our lives. Our desires and complaints, our worries and problems, our petty squabbles and selfish vanities, all of these should look different to us now, now that they are set against the backdrop of death and eternity. In a beautiful place like Santa Barbara, in a place that is so often thought of as a kind of paradise, it is easy to lose sight of what is true, of what is real, of what is lasting. It is easy to be so enthralled by the natural and temporal beauty that we forget the supernatural and eternal beauty to which we are truly called. This day, however, with the death of our dear friend, this seemingly earthly paradise has been turned upside down, and the cracks that run through its foundations have become ever so apparent. Now I tell you this not to depress you, but rather to turn your eyes to our true hope and joy and to fill you with the longing for the real paradise. For we are not made for this world that so often lets us down and leaves us wanting. We are not made for creatures. We are made for the Creator. We are not made for the finite. We are made for the infinite. We are not made for the passing and un unstable goods of this life, but for the unending and immeasurable goods of the next. And the very pain we feel right now, the fact that a piece of our heart is now missing, and that we long for something that the earth cannot supply. This is proof 
that this earth cannot be our true home, that there must be something more, and that that more is God himself. For as St. Augustine said so well many centuries ago, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so, God allows us to be shaken up that we might also be woken up. And the lessons he sends are sometimes painful and difficult to understand. For though there is no doubt that each of us, with all the events and happenings in our lives, is part of a magnificent tapestry that God is weaving together, in this life, we do not always see the beautiful side of this tapestry. Often we only see the side with the knots and cut threads, with its bits and pieces and confused colors, and it seems anything but beautiful. Our vision in this life is so obscure and narrow and we see only a pinpoint in time, whereas God's vision and work encompass all of eternity. There is so much now that we do not understand and do not know. And yet, that which we do know is all that we need. For we know, as St. John tells us, that the very essence of God is love itself. And since all of his actions flow from his essence, that means every act of God is an act of love. Moreover, we know again from St. John that God has loved us first, that long before any of us ever thought about loving God, he was loving us. And that even after Adam and the sons of Adam, that is, you and I, even after we had turned our back on God, he did not turn from us. In fact, he came in pursuit of us, undergoing the most cruel sufferings and death to save us. And so we must believe with all our might in the love that God has for us, not only in the good times, but most especially in those times that are particularly painful and difficult to understand. For nothing you have done, said our Lord to St. Catherine of Siena, nothing you are doing and nothing you will do pleases me as much as when you believe that I love you. God has created each one of us out of his love. He sustains and cares for us by his love. And at the end of our life, he will call us back to his love. For it is not man who is on a quest for God, says Venerable Bishop Sheen. It is God who is on a quest for man.
And in this quest, God in his infinite wisdom and love knows just when to take hold of us and draw us back to himself as he has done with Roy. He does not, however, ask for our permission, nor does he usually tell us when that moment shall come. And so we must be ready for that moment at all times. Because if we do not have a taste for the things of God in this life, we will not be able to enjoy them for all eternity in the next. Moreover, even among those who are striving to be faithful to God, there are often things that are lacking in their fidelity and love. And so, though we must have all confidence in God's love and mercy, we must not presume to think that Roy has no need of our prayers and sacrifices. It is a good and holy thing to pray for the dead, says the book of Maccabees. For as it is written in the book of Job, shall man be justified in comparison to God, or shall a man be more pure than his maker? Every action, every thought, and even every idle word, as our Lord himself tells us, will be scrutinized at our judgment. Now this is not because God is severe or lacking in love. In fact, quite the opposite. It is precisely because God loves us so completely and wants to give himself to us entirely. For there is no part of himself that he does not want to give to us. He longs to be wholly and completely ours, and we are made to be wholly and completely his. And so there must be no obstacle, no matter how small, that, be, that comes between our love and his in, he in heaven. So perfect is the union that he desires with us there that even the smallest blemish or stain upon our soul must first be cleansed and purified before we can enter therein. And so in purgatory, says blessed John Henry Cardinal Newman, we will be completely purged of our self-centered tendencies and refashioned so that we can enter into the never-ending exchange of love that is the inner life of the Blessed Trinity. We are here then today, first and foremost, to pray for the repose of Roy's soul, so that if there is anything from which he must be purified, it might be done quickly, and his soul might fly as soon as possible to God's loving embrace. Now is the time to return love for love and to help Roy in any way that we can. Our hearts are indeed sorrowful this day. But if we are found faithful to God, in the end, our sorrow shall be turned to joy. 
all things shall be made new. And God will wipe all tears from our eyes, and death will be made no more. How beautiful it will be for the blessed on that day. But if it is only in heaven that all of our tears and sorrows will finally be taken from us, it means that there are tears here below that will not be completely dried in this life. It means that some of the sorrows we bear now will only be healed in heaven. And yet, let us not be afraid of our tears and sorrows. Our Lord was called the man of sorrows, and he also wept. Our Lord wept because he loved, and today we do the same. We weep because of our love for Roy and because of the love that Roy has given to each of us. Our hearts are sore, but let us never run from our tears or the pain that gives rise to them. For the only way to avoid these tears and this pain would be to build a wall around our hearts and to take great care in keeping our hearts safe and protected, since to love it all is always to be vulnerable. Love anything, says C.S. Lewis, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable, irredeemable. For to love is to be vulnerable. And so let us this day choose to love, just as Roy chose to love each of us. Let us resolve to choose love at every moment and with every person we meet, spreading love, as St. Mother Teresa used to say, everywhere we go, and letting no one ever come to us without leaving happier and better. But of course, to do this, we must turn to the source of love, to love itself. We must choose here and now to love God above all things, not with a servile love that fears his wrath, but with the love of a child for his dearest father, a love that fears to offend our Father in heaven, not because of punishment, but precisely because he is so good and has loved us so much. Love alone is able to pierce the veil of this life and go with us into the next. For it is love, says the Canticle of Canticles, that is stronger than death.
And so, let us thank God for these tears because they are the mark of hearts that have loved and that have been loved. They are not the tears of those who have no hope, but the tears of those who know our Savior has already won the victory over death. And because of this, we have hope that Roy will rise with the saints on the last day. Until that day, however, let us give thanks to God for the gift and love of Roy, for all the blessings God has bestowed on us through him, and let us return that love by storming heaven for him, remembering him today and every day in our prayers and sacrifices. May God bless you, and may Our Lady keep you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.